Hello friends, Armitage Shanks here, and welcome to our debut tale. Although this may only be a short one to start our journey of adventures, we do have some longer ones in store for your listening pleasures in the near future. So keep your eyes and ears on the runes or animal bones, or whatever you use in this reality to keep informed. I do struggle to keep up with them all, the, all these different universes. But I digress, my apologies. This particular tale finds a young man suffering a rude awakening on a day that could change his life and those of the city he lives forever. So come with us on our first little journey into the tales the void beyond has gifted to our imaginations. I do hope you enjoy. A Travelled Friend by Alex Burton The bucket of cold, rancid water hit Raken Fleather like an ogre's backhand. He coughed and spluttered as the foul fluid entered his hairway. The thrower, a burly, greasy man, a filthy apron stretched over a large paunch, stood in the doorway opposite. This ritual had happened every morning for as long as both men could recall. Morning, sunshine, the larger man said sarcastically. Raken raised a hand as he stood. Okay, Greer, the younger man spluttered. I'm going. Raken groggily made his way down the alleyway to the main street. The sun had just risen enough to peep over the buildings and dazzle him. Squinting, he watched the morning bustle of commuters, various street sellers and stalls, readying for the day ahead. See you tomorrow, the large man shouted as he slammed the small door, the sound echoing down the alley startling a middle-aged lady dressed in fine clothing as she passed by. It's okay, Raken said, leaning in. He loved me, really. Disgusted by both the smell and appearance of the young man, his hair matted and defying gravity, his clothes tattered and stained, she gasped at the sight and hurried away. Raken smiled to himself, reached into his coat, that could well have been older than he was, and pulled out half a comb. Several teeth missing and barely usable. He battled his hair into submission, styling it into something a little less haphazard. While deciding on which direction his fate would lie today, Raken spotted two small children, both huddled in a doorway on the main street, a little way to his right, a boy and a girl. The boy appeared the older of the two, not by much, cradled a cracked bowl, a few copper coins sat lonely within it, the girl, aged six or seven, pulling a dirty, moth-eaten blanket tightly around her, her breath steaming in the cold morning air. He had not seen them before, but it was not an uncommon sight to see children begging. Orphans, runaways. It was a scary, unforgiving world. He should know. He was one of them not so many years ago. Just as he was about to call out to the two solemn little figures, a well-dressed, overweight man knocked into them, clattering the bowl to the floor and what little coin it contained disappeared into the dirt of the busy street. Hey! the boy called out, but more reflex than anything. The man drew back his left hand, the multiple rings nestled within the sausage-like fingers. Insolent street scum! he spat, but before he could strike the young boy, the oaf is jostled, sending him off balance. What? the oaf shouted. I'm terribly sorry, my man! Raken said with very convincing false sympathy. I simply did not see you there. He scowled at the young, rough-looking man before him. 
Raken quickly bent to the floor and picked up the broken comb. Is this yours? The man huffed and barged past Raken, muttering under his breath about the amount of scum on the street. Raken smiled inwardly before turning back to the two children, picking up their bowl and handing it back. But what about our money? the little girl said solemnly, a tear welling in her eye. Now, chin up, young madam, Raken encouraged. Always a silver lining. He produced an expensive-looking purse that had once belonged to the foul-tempered gentleman and glanced inside. His eyes widened a little. Although some appear to be gold-lined, he removed five gold pieces from the purse. The children's eyes lit up. It was clear it was the nearest either had been to this kind of wealth for some time, if ever. Go and make the world a better place, Raken handed the heavy purse to the boy, pocketing the five pieces himself. Thanks, mister, the boy said, jumping up. The little girl stood and hugged the generous stranger. Raken watched the two children disappear into the now-growing throng of people. Customers at the market haggling and partaking in small talk, horse-drawn carts and wagons delivering wares across the fair city of Krakensholt. Raken pulled out a battered and worn top hat. With a flick of his wrist, the hat extended to its full height. He slowly placed the tatty black hat on his head. He was now ready to take on the world. Right, he enthused, flicking the coin in the air. Time for breakfast, and to see what surprise Ollister was talking about yesterday. The boom erupted as Raken took his first step. The ground shook as folk grabbed whatever was nearby. The quake was gone as abruptly as it came. The busy marketplace was silent and still, communally shocked by its suddenness. Look! A voice from the crowd called out. Raken ran forward as he saw people turning to look and point at what was causing the tremor. Reaching the centre of the marketplace, he saw a woman was pointing. Frozen in shock or fear, he didn't know for sure. He looked and saw the thick midnight black smoke billowing from the second tallest tower, the furthest left of four towers, belonging to the University of Magic and Arcanic Thinking, one of the only reasons folk travel to this city. It's considered to be the facility of learning and discovery of all things magic. Rumour has it they house a good proportion of items and artefacts found in, by the King's Order of Mageguard. Magic using warriors sent to all known and unknown corners of the world in the name of the king. Commoners and non-magic users called them spell-slingers. Mutterings and murmurs through the crowd guessed it must be some kind of accident. Reagan thought that was a reasonable hypothesis. Distant bells of alarm as the fire volunteers sped to the scene. The crowd quickly parted, letting four horses and carts chocked full with men and water tanks through. Raken felt the crowd move towards the university. He stood watching, a street dweller shoulder to shoulder with wealthy merchants and socialites, all watching the smoke flowing into the sky. Then he noticed a change in the air. The hairs on the back of his neck raised. An electricity unseen. It was then the first void opened. The tallest tower one next to the smoking one, suddenly had a black space two-thirds up, a circle of nothingness. It vanished, leaving only the sky, the part of the tower that was encompassed, simply no longer existed. Raken's mouth dropped open, as for a brief second, the final third of the tower hung in the air, unsupported 
by what was once below. Then gravity took control. Crashing downward in a mass of brick and dust, many of the crowd screamed and ran. Others stayed their ground, maybe struck with fear or just not sensing any danger. Raken hesitated, unsure if he had actually seen what he had thought he had. The moment replayed over and over in his mind. The hairs on his neck bristled again, stronger this time. Another void. This one was only a few hundred yards away. A blackness enveloped the scene occupied by a fruit stall, and a few customers looked at the scene unfold before them, most likely feeling safe at the side. As before, seconds later the void was gone. The stall and people had vanished. But something stood in the space left unoccupied. Raken could not get a clear view as new runners joined the panic. He was forced to use all his natural skills of moving through a busy crowd to save himself from being knocked down and crushed. Glimpses of dark grey skin, a hulking mass. Was that a tentacle? Suffice to say, the screams from that direction intensified, heard even above the general din of the frightened masses. As Raken worked his way forward, he saw the looks of terror in the eyes of those pushing past him. He grabbed a city guard, a man in his mid-thirties. This was no rookie. The wild look of panic was all that looked back. What is it? he shouted at the guard. The guard shook his head, mouth moving but no sound came forth. All colour drained from his face. What did you see? Raken persisted. I, I don't know, the guard finally stammered. Nothing from this world, that's for sure. With that, the guard pushed from Raken's grip and disappeared into the surrounding panic. Raken's hairs went crazy, an assault of static tingling every follicle. Two more voids. One behind Raken, out of sight in the direction the crowd was moving. The other was only metres to his right. Time seemed to slow as the void formed from a single point of darkness as though it pulled time and space within it as it formed. Raken acted on reflex, pulling the two nearest people away from the forming non-space. They simply changed the direction in which they were running, like cattle running from thunder. He witnessed the void, seemingly much slower than before, growing outward, swallowing those it encompassed, deleting them from existence. Those on the edge, partially enveloped or merely touched, fell cleaved by razor-sharp energy, the internal layers visible, limbs left behind by people whom no longer existed. What replaced those unfortunates bore down on those around it. Raken had seen more than his fair share of darkness and cruelty in his lifetime on the streets of various cities, but this creature's presence alone filled the air with such dread that it was almost palpable. The monster's skin was a dark grey that glistened in the morning sun with a greasy sheen. A muscular left arm tipped with three long clawed digits, two fingers, one thumb. The right side a writhing mass of tentacles, snake-like fleshy whips, two footless trunk legs supporting the pulsating lump of a torso, while the necklace head, as much as it was, was more a sharp-toothed maw never closing, a void into hell. The only other features were two pupilless red eyes scanning the area around itself. Without skipping a beat, it gathered the nearest helpless figure, a baker, it seemed, with his flower-dusted apron. 
tentacles enveloping him like a hungry octopus. The man screamed in sheer unbridled terror, lifted into the air towards the gaping hole of teeth. Raken, going against every fibre of his being that told him to run, stepped forward, spotting the remains of the city guard, the top third of the body gone, to only the gods knew where. He drew the guard's sword from the sheath. It wasn't anything special, probably not that sharp, but it made Raken feel a little more protected. The clawed arm had grabbed another victim around the head, desperate hands slipping from the slick surface of the jet-black talons, their face obscured by the giant's grip. With sword raised, Raken charged. The baker, whose head, now merely inches away from those jagged dagger-like teeth, was ultimately out of reach. Raken struck at the arm. An adrenaline-fueled attack cut deep. Black fluid flowed thickly from the gash, sizzling as it pooled between the cobblestones. Surprisingly, the creature did not cry out in pain. In fact, it barely seemed to register the wound. The claw hand released the second victim, a short-haired elven woman, who, once shared the briefest of thankful tear-filled glances at her saviour, turned to disappear into the surrounding crowd. The baker was not so lucky. The monster bit the screaming man's head off in an instant, its mouth shutting like a triggered trap. It was only then that the, its beady red eyes aimed down towards the sword-wielding Raken. Its emotionless features only added to the menace. Raken stepped back. The hulking beast dropped the now limp baker, its gaze fixed on the only human to have wounded them, let alone attacked. An angry warbling howl erupted into the air as it slowly raised a leg trunk and stepped forwards. Then the other leg, a slow-motioned weighty walk that gained pace quickly. Raken turned and ran, struggling against the masses of town folk that were gripped in blind panic. The creature swatted those in its path like a scythe through long grass, the cluster of tentacles cutting left and right with ease. People flung as if they weighed nothing. As Raken moved through the crowd, he felt the monster gaining on him. The cries of men and women behind him as they were casually swatted were becoming closer and closer. As he neared the edge of the crowd and closer to the shops and stalls that lined the square, he looked for anything remotely like an escape route. None were forthcoming in the brief second of panicked glancing. The howl burst into his ears. It was upon him. Raken could see the shape silhouetted on the ground before him, looming over him the swishing of the tentacles closing in. He shut his eyes. Forgive me, my love, a final whisper. The smell of foul air filled his nose. Hey, mister, a voice shouted. Down here! Raken snapped his eyes open. The sight of a small face, the boy from earlier, looking out from a cellar door at the base of a tavern wall. Without a second thought, Raken bent to one knee, felt the air move above him as the squirming mass passed overhead. Thrusting the sword two-handed over his head, striking blindly, he felt the blade hit home and sink a good few inches into the monster behind him. The enraged, screaming howl was his cue to move. Diving forward, he scrabbled through the trapdoor, only a final glimpse of the monster as the boy shut the door. A flailing mass, the sword jammed under the tentacle's roots. The boy moved to his sister, sat against the wall. Then, Raken noticed a number of other people, men, women, some with children. One particular man, the barkeep, he assumed, stood by the door that gave him access to the bar. A familiar coin purse hung from his belt, the one he gave the boy and girl a few minutes earlier. 
He glanced at the boy, who immediately understood. We had to pay to get in here, the boy said. You saved our lives, mister. Rakin shrugged. And you saved mine, so we're even, he smiled brightly, putting four of the five gold coins from his pocket into the boy's hand. Above them, the tavern was getting battered, the sound of splintering wood breaking glass. The barkeep cringed at every crash, helpless as his livelihood was being destroyed above him. Rakin felt his hairs tingling as before. An almighty thunderclap ripped through the air, rolling in from a distant point, peeking in the space outside the cellar and fading away as it continued its path. But unlike normal thunder high in the sky, this felt as though it was ground level, right above their heads, dust falling from the cellar ceiling as ashen snow. Then silence. Deafening silence. The barkeep opened the door to the tavern. Gingerly, he disappeared from view. You can all come up, he called down, a solemn tone in his voice. Rakin was the next up. The two children stuck to him like glue. As the rest slowly filtered out of the cellar, Rakin looked outside. The square was empty. The only movement was from people hiding in various buildings and spaces. All those in the square, alive or dead, including the several monstrous forms, were gone. Rakin, trying to get his mind to rationalise the morning's events, sat the two children down and moved to the bar, finding an undamaged bottle of ale. Popping the cork, he thumped down onto the remains of the bench and took a deep swig of flat ale. He didn't care how it tasted. Only minutes ago he had accepted death. As parents cradled their children and the curious ventured outside, a figure pushed through them to enter the tavern. Rakin instantly recognised his friend, Ollister Caven, a raven-haired, scruffy youth, famed for his charismatic, friendly demeanour. But something appeared changed. A manacled grin smeared across his boyish looks, his right eye heavily bruised, his left hand concealed within his tattered grey coat. He moved straight to Rakin and sat opposite, taking the bottle with his free hand and drinking it down. Rakin looked at his friend, a feeling of unease washed over him, the maddened grin never flickering. Caven leaned in closer and whispered into Rakin's ear, You'll never believe where I've just been. Thank you for listening. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. There are lots of exciting tales to come, which will be announced in due course. If you want to get in contact, uh, you can email at voidbeyondgames at gmail.com or find me on Twitter as DecoDiceDnd. So give me a follow and never miss a tale from the void beyond. Cheerio!